Well, hello, beautiful friends, and welcome back to episode number 39. Today, I've got Ditch the Diet Mindset with nutritionist Juliana Lehman. In this episode, you'll discover how tossing your skinny jeans can boost your confidence, why letting go of the diet mindset can help you lose more weight, how making friends with fat can work to your advantage, and the truth about diets and why they don't work. But first, are you frustrated with shopping and feel there must be a better way? Then I invite you to try out Style Finder Boutique. My husband Jim and I, aka Big Daddy, opened Style Finder in 2015 to bring women just like you the best in upscale casual clothing that's perfect for work, the weekend, and everything in between. We offer three easy ways to shop. You can shop with us 24-7 at shopstylefinder.com. Or you can download the Style Finder Boutique app for both iPhone and Android. Be sure you turn notifications on so you know when we go live. You'll not only find a selection of amazing clothing, but we offer tools and resources to ensure you get clothing that's right for you. From our Shop the Look videos that offer styling suggestions to fit videos and measurements that help you determine if something will fit your shape, we bring the best of online shopping to your laptop or mobile device. Use code PODCASTLOVE to save 20% on your first order online or on the app. If you're in Raleigh, North Carolina, then I invite you to visit our brick-and-mortar location. We're in North Hill Shopping Center, and our team of stylists are here to assist you in curating the perfect outfit, selecting the perfect gift, or building a whole new wardrobe. Who knows, I might be in the boutique myself to personally help style you. We help you know what to wear and how to wear it so you can feel confident and beautiful every single day. Let us be your style's secret weapon so you can dress like you mean it. Welcome to Style by Mary Michelle, a podcast designed to empower you through personal style. I'm your host, Mary Michelle Nidefer, a master style coach, founder of Style Finder Boutique and creator of the Style Finder ID system. I'm here to help you know what to wear, how to wear it, and how to get dressed in seven minutes or less. Let's go. Hello, friends, and welcome back. I am so excited to talk today with Juliana Lehman. Did I say that right? Yes, that's perfect. <laughs> Juliana Lehman is the creator of Naturally Joyous Incorporated, and she is a mind-body weight release expert, nutritionist, and podcaster. Juliana is a university trained with a master's degree in science She's certified as a holistic nutritionist and functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. That's a mouthful. I know. (laughs) She is on a mission to provide a new model of care for weight loss, what she calls weight release, moving away from the diet mindset and helping women find confidence from within. I love it. (laughs) With over 11 years of experience in the nutrition field, Juliana helps women over 40 make the shift towards weight release so they can balance their hormones naturally, release excess weight, and regain their confidence. Hello, Juliana, and welcome. Hello, and thank you so much for having me. It is such a pleasure. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Juliana, we've got so much to dive into today, but 
Start by sharing with us your journey. How did you get to be a weight release expert? And (laughs) why are you so passionate about this? Yes. So I would say that really the inception point of the journey has really happened because of my grandfather. And he unfortunately passed away only a couple of months ago. And he was the holistic everything in our family. So from growing up really young, and I was born and lived in Brazil until I was 21 years of age, we experienced so much of different ways of looking at things, you know, and different foods and beliefs and lifestyles and yoga and meditation. And really because of him, he was a uh, Reiki master for many years and he trained all the females in the family, myself included, 18 years ago uh, into energy healing. And that was kind of like the initial point that I understood that there's something bigger to the body than the body itself. And I come with a let's call it a laundry list of health issues from some autoimmune ones, just spinal surgery, fibromyalgia, chronic migraines, a bunch of things. So I was able to gain a level of connection to my physical body that was potentially more acute than if I had not gone through a lot of those things. And then over the years, as I went through the academical side and then back into the holistic side and then back in the academical side, I was able to really see the value of both and really made it my mission to connect the two and chose weight release or weight loss, I'd say, uh, because it chose me, I would say, <laughs> basically. So that's kind of like the, the summary of it. Mm, wow. Yeah, that's amazing to have someone to, to lead the way and to guide the way and really be able to share so much knowledge with you. Yes, absolutely. Now, have, have you, tell us about your struggles with weight. Yeah. So for most of my life, I say as a child, I did struggle with weight and it was something that, you know, as I got into early adolescence, I guess my body completely changed and I was fit and I was athletic. I was like your size two, size four, you know, didn't care what I ate, didn't have to think about it. And then when I moved to Canada, this is 2004, that's really when my, you know, health issues started to present specifically the chronic pain ones. And I was under, I would say in and out of hospitals, like it was a very difficult time until they knew what was actually going on. I couldn't feel parts of my body, like upper body. And my surgery was like in my neck here. So it's like fused. And one of the things that was given to me because I couldn't sleep due to the discomfort of the pain, they gave me a specific medication for sleep, which turned out to have, it did not help me sleep. And the side effects of it were weight gain uh, primarily. And I was fit. I was fine. I thought, oh, you know, I didn't think much of it. I didn't fully even understand what I was actually signing up for, I guess. And that completely changed my metabolism. And in a few short months, I went from a size four to a size 12. And that for me was the beginning of a bit of an identity crisis back then, because I just, you know, the inside and outside weren't matching. And it took me years and years and years and hormonal imbalances and things that came after getting off the medication and stuff to really understand that my body was never going to be the same and falling in love with it again and understand how my new normal was to function was really sort of part of that, you know, beginning part of my weight struggles and a different awareness of my body hormones and how everything plays together. Mm-hmm. 
I can so relate. I can totally relate to that. But <laughs> I I actually have struggled with my weight or I did struggle with my weight from really starting from an early, early age. I think about age eight, 10 years old. I remember it, it just kind of runs in our, our family. So it has <laughs> been a, a journey for me to, you know, find ways to manage it and manage hormones. But it's interesting, you know, now that I'm in my 50s, and on the verge of menopause, which is when so many things change for women. Yes. How do you feel that hormones come into play? Yeah. I like to say, like, my favorite way to describe it is that the hormones are like this little map that tells the body what to do, right? And one of the things that it tells the body is where in the body to deposit body fat, let's just say. And I have this love relationship with fat, dietary and, you know, <laughs> physiological. And I even dedicated an entire module in my program and work to making friends with fat. And, you know, it is necessary for our survival. So our body has a lot of strategies to keep it safely in place. And hormones is one of them. And primarily what I see as we get into menopause, really that transition called perimenopause, right? It's like a phase in our lives and the hormones that kept us going and strong and powerful in our 20s and 30s, such as estrogen and progesterone, now are declining, part of natural aging. And then other hormones are kind of like taking up a little bit more of a rule. And the ones that I primarily focus on in my work, because I work with women over 40, are your thyroid hormones, insulin, as it relates to blood sugar, and cortisol produced by the adrenals, which has a lot to do with your stress response, right? Mm -hmm. And they kind of like take over more for role of really dictating in the body where we put belly fat, love handles, and all those things as we transition into menopausal years. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. I've definitely noticed how my body has shifted, you know, where it stores fat and how things, yes. it's not the same. And even just in the past year, it's, it's amazing how that can, can happen. Yeah. So you mentioned self-love and loving your body. Mm -hmm. That for me was a huge, huge thing because I went through, I think when I grew up, I made myself wrong for being fat or I, you know, I called myself fat all the time, yeah, every day, man. all day, every day. And just, it was a, a big issue for me. But I think when I, it took a long time, but when I was able to start loving myself and loving my body, that was a journey. <laughs> yes. It, it changed everything. Tell me, mm -hmm. tell me more. Tell me your philosophy on that. Yeah. I'll say I have an interesting like say early point of view, because being born and raised in Brazil, there's such, you know, they call it the plastic surgery capital of the world, at least in Brazil, they call it that. Um, but there's such an emphasis on physical beauty in a specific standard, right? Which is not, I would say, realistic for the female body necessarily. And as I moved away from Brazil, like I said, in my early 20s, when really the weight struggle really became very noticeable, when I were to, anytime it wasn't many, that I would go back home, you know, I experienced a lot of body shaming from family members, even ones that I don't think they meant to, but they were just confused because they it wasn't the same person they perceived that left in the country that came back. And 
Uh, and that for me for many years really bothered me. And I had to really work on, you know, not blaming them and forgiving and accepting that, you know, you know, it hurts in me because I had a problem with it myself. That's the truth. Right. So I started taking responsibility for how, you know, that whole thing played out. But I think that is a very important piece of what I've built so far, because in weight loss, the tendency is to try to get rid of parts of ourselves. But how can you love yourself if you're trying to get rid of half of it, right? So it's just like kind of like contradictory to me. Whereas weight release is the opposite. It's like you love the self and then the body dictates what needs to go, what needs to stay. You know, fat, like we just said, body fat plays a hormonal role in menopausal years. There's a reason why the body goes in this direction. And I think the more that we accept the perfection of it, that we actually get, you know, in alignment with it rather than fighting the body. For me, just to add one more thing, I would say that, you know, having a very intellectually active mind and a body that didn't give up with migraines, like you're almost feel like you're trapped in your body. You know, my mind was alert, but I could move and the pain was so much. And even with my autoimmune skin condition that, you know, it's the skin is almost like you are, <laughs> you know, first layer in presenting yourself to the world. And, you know, all those things have really challenged me and, you know, they get better and then a new version of it comes up. So it's a continuous invitation for me uh, to, you know, walk the talk and, and love the body and really get to that connection that it's basically a radical act of self-love. That's what I believe weight release is all about. Yeah. A radical act of self-love. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I could not agree more. Aww. And, you know, it's interesting as a style coach, I think that I see so many women who struggle and they, yeah. they struggle with their weight, their self-image, their self-esteem, and, and their style. And I, I see so many women uh, who come into our boutique and they tell me, oh, I, I can't buy new clothes today because I've gained weight. And it's almost like they want to punish themselves. Why do you think we women yeah. do that to ourselves? <laughs> I know, right? And that is, it's something that I've addressed before. And I, you know, talked to other people on this topic before is that concept that I think it's because there's that hope that we will get back to it and accepting where we are now almost feels like defeat, right? And I much rather invest good money on clothes that fit me now and then tailor them down if that ever comes, right? Yes. Uh, but I think that the fact of, you know, early movement I had in my business, like we kind of grew from there, but it was the toss the skinny jeans movement. And I had an Instagrammable moment that I tossed the jeans that didn't fit me anymore and probably would never fit me again that were behind my door, bothering me every day with the hope of what I used to look like, right? And that was a symbol. It was beautiful pair of jeans, by the way. They were beautiful, but anyways. And it was a symbolic act that I that I did. And it was like something like a hashtag I used for a while in the sense of, you know, let's release, let's replenish something that fits, that feels nice, that will make you feel better because it is the right fit, right? Good quality clothes that I'm sure you, you instruct women on, on getting. And like we said, we can always tailor it down. You know, we can always adjust to lead it on. But I think the whole punishing is part of that self-discovery that your body's perfect. It is really all the subconscious, you know, chatter that we have that sees it otherwise. And I hope to 
remind women of the perfection that we all have and use that, use their physical body as the tool for personal growth that they have in their hands. Amen to that. That is powerful. (laughs) I love that. You toss the skinny jeans. And I think, (laughs) I don't think you mean necessarily just skinny jeans, but your, your skinny jeans. Yeah. We, we all have our pairs. Exactly. That. Yes. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, I think that's, that's a wonderful way to look at it. Like saying, okay, I'm not going to hang on to the clothes that are too small for me that are making me feel guilty or bad or wrong. Yeah. And I have been into so many closets and I see women hang on to the things. Oh, one day, one day I might get back into that. But you know what? When they get into their closets and they see these jeans or pants or beautiful dress that are a size or two below where they are right now, it just makes them feel bad. Yeah. And so I could not agree more. I think everybody (laughs) needs to purge your closet and just have things in there that you love that make you feel beautiful, that light you up. Because I think that, you know, when you, when you put on a great outfit, no matter what you weigh, Mm -hmm. that's powerful. Yeah, absolutely. And I have, I have worked with quite a few clients over the years who are on a weight loss journey, Mm -hmm. but they want to go shopping and they want to feel beautiful along the way. And I think that just encourages the release of weight. hundred percent. Hmm. Yeah. It's the whole concept, right? Like, you know, once you're able to get to the feeling tone of what the inside is, the outside has no choice but to match it. Right. And I'm not saying necessarily going back to the way we had in our early twenties, right? Because like I said, physiologically, the body has its own needs and agenda (laughs) that may not meet the, you know, Instagram magazine standards of, you know, these days. But at the same time, I think too, like I have studied over the years, the evolution of the perception of body fat. And if you were to look at in the 1800s that, you know, excess body fat was perceived as a sign of wealth, right? If you look at the body of somebody like Marilyn Monroe versus the models that are size two to now the Kardashians, like, you know, every so often there's a new standard of beauty and they're all different, right? Uh, So usually when women are really hanging on to items and really wanting to fit in a specific jean size tag or a number on the scale, I like to ask like, who is your authority? Like, who are you placing above you telling you this is what it's supposed to be, right? Because once you know the authority, we can neutralize that and and bring it back to here. Um, But there's always something and sometimes it's conscious, sometimes it's not, right? It could be, you know, I I do a lot for some reason with women that, you know, for early age, like 10, 11, 12 years old, that their moms struggle with their weight and put them on diets. In, in total innocence, trying to help them, but then they grew up with that image, right? That they are not right in some way. Others, I work with some clients that had some sort of, you know, sexual trauma in their lives. So there's so many emotional reasons for the weight that, you know, just to fit yourself in a mold without really going deep, it's missing a, bit, a, a big piece of the puzzle, I feel. Mm-hmm. I love that you asked who, you know, who is, who makes you the authority? Like we, we are the authority and exactly. I feel so frustrated, you know, being in the fashion industry, I do feel frustrated with this mm-hmm. industry often because I think, you know, especially if you open up Vogue magazine or Elle and, you know, not to diss any of the, the fabulous fashion magazines, I love them for what they are. However, 
some of the ads that are in there. Yeah. The models look maybe 15. They look malnourished. And they, so I, I feel frustrated because I feel that there is an ideal of beauty out there mm-hmm. when it comes to weight and size that's unattainable for women over a certain age. Yeah. Actually, I was having a conversation with a, a coworker today about, you know, after having kids, like your, your whole body just shifts and yes, changes. Exactly. Yeah. It's not going back to normal. So, so yeah. I think, you know, finding a new authority and redefining what it means to be beautiful. Yeah. You know, I think that's, and I think that's part of reclaiming your power, right? Because reclaiming the power, the way I perceive it is reclaiming the authority over what it should look like and what it should do. Because anytime we add those should, could, have to, need to, we're completely subordinating to something outside of ourselves, which leads to unfulfillment, which then leads to what I call that fulfillment gap that most women then refill with food, drinks, chips, chocolate, and things, right? Mm-hmm. So the closest we can stay true to the purpose and sense of fulfillment of self, the less need we have to go outside of ourselves to compensate and feel better, right? Which is really the food, primarily food mindset aspect of weight release is let's get back in fulfillment, like, you know, you're enough, <laughs> right? Um, but a lot of us live lives of duty that we're catering to the world at the expense of ourselves. And I feel with the 40 plus demographic, it's we get to a place that, you know what, it's time, you know, let's actually put our needs first. So we have even more to share with the world, right? So that's why I love so much about the mindset of women in this, you know, age and beyond, because I think there is this craving for living your truth in a more authentic, more grounded way. And there's so much power in doing that. Absolutely. I love that. You know, I think coming off of COVID, so many people, women, men too, have told me that, you know, they've put on some weight and have, yes. you know, I think it's been difficult to lose it because I think over that period of time where we were stuck at home, a lot of bad habits developed. Now you talk about shifting <laughs> yes. away from a diet mindset. Mm-hmm. So if somebody's trying to release some mm-hmm. COVID weight and they're thinking, oh, I have to go on a yes. diet. <laughs> I want to punish myself. And you know, it can be so extreme sometimes. What would tell me more about yeah. shifting away from the diet mindset and why that's a good thing? Yeah, absolutely. So the first thing I'll say, like when you mentioned like the new habits, right? That some people formed, part of it was because we a lot of our distractions were removed, right? When we had to stay home. And then some people had to contemplate staying with family members for long periods of time and all these things. So we created a new level of challenges, right? Being in the house. And anytime that we are adding new programming and new, say, habits to our brain, essentially those goals in your subconscious mind, it's almost like this little voice that you're not very aware of, but it's there and it's playing and playing and making us do those choices, right? So to undo that, um, the issue with a diet, it's essentially a bunch of tactics and rules that are imposed on an individual that they may or may not have any interest in doing them, (laughs) that they feel restricted and may not even be the right fit for them because there's no one diet that suits everyone, right? And especially in our forties and beyond, a very low calorie, very low fat diet is not good for your hormones, period. It's just not, right? Uh, So it's just like, it becomes a little bit of this temporary gain. I call it the honeymoon phase of a diet. (laughs) 
And then as soon as you get there and you look outside, look at the scale, oh my gosh, the weight is not shifting. Then we go into the value of despair, <laughs> which is an actual term in the process. And that's when people, you know, basically give up and then they, you know, try something else and so on. So the diet patterns, I call it the shiny diet syndrome is something that people constantly are in it. And, you know, on the contrary to that, and I know I've listened to your own podcast and you talk about this, that whole seeking of lifestyle, right? What I teach people to do is understand food and how it actually plays up in your hormones and how it helps with the changes in the women's body as we age so that you can make choices that are in alignment to who you are, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I say it in lifestyle because if something is good, if you believe something is good, you're right. If you believe something is bad, you're also right, right? Mm -hmm. So it's very much working with your emotions and your brain and getting to a place of choosing rather than being imposed, we rebel <laughs> and it doesn't last, we don't get results and then we're back to square one. And I think that's gonna be the challenge of people that quotations gain that COVID way of understanding what was the emotional reason reasons mm -hmm. that you felt that food and maybe over drinking was the coping mechanism mm -hmm. because it's working on those subconscious emotions that's going to be the real key root cause to undo some of those patterns yes that is so powerful i think really understanding the root cause and and i think just what did you say that you get to choose yeah it's a choice and I think mm -hmm. so often, you know, when you hear somebody, I, when I've, I hear people, oh, I can't eat that. I'm on a diet. And it just becomes this like prison sentence almost yeah. like it's something that's being done to them. Not that they're choosing, even though they <laughs> are choosing it, but it's like this horrible thing. Like I can't have fun for a while. Cause I have to lose weight. Exactly. How, how would you recommend i mean what would be some words of wisdom to kind of shift that thinking so i'll give you one quick example first and this is like recent so canadian thanksgiving is october <laughs> i know american thanksgiving is november i don't know why they're not on the same day but they're not uh and so in our last thanksgiving so i'm toronto canada right um my parents at the cottage and they're healthy eaters you know my husband as well like we they've been following my lifestyle for many many years but um in the cottage home there's this amazing bakery and my parents love for thanksgiving she got their apple pie and it's like an exceptional apple pie i should say but it's very sweet almost like like too sweet if you've been on a no sugar diet for a long time right anyways so my mom bought the pie this last season and we got the pie at home and then when you heat up the pie the smell is beautiful like it really fills up the room feels like home baked you know and this year i did not want to eat the pie mind you if i want to eat the pie i would have eaten the pie you know with gratitude a small piece and that's perfect but i did not choose to because i knew that it would not make me feel good so my mom dad and my husband each had a small piece and she had to freeze the rest because she says oh my god it's so sweet they didn't even enjoy the pie as they used two years back right and I'm telling the story because when I make that choice, I didn't make it out of guilt. I didn't make it because I would be judged or because of my profession. I chose not to, you know, I actually had sparkling water. That's what my body said he wanted instead. And everybody's like, you're having sparkling water? Saying that's what I wanted, you know, and that was perfect. And that was that, you know, and we moved on with our days, right? Um, so I'm not saying that that's every time, but 
I think the the moving from choosing to feeling you have to is when you're setting, you know, those rules for diets and stuff that are not in alignment with the true essence of who you are. And they're not in alignment with your true why of wanting to release weight. It's one of the early things that you in the mindset aspect of my work mm-hmm. is getting people very clear on why do you want to lose weight? Because a lot of people don't even think about it. They think they have to. That's not a, not a good reason because it's not going to last, right? But for me, my reasons are very clear. They're very deep. They're very meaningful to me. So when I connect to that place, there's no wavering, right? So I think it's a little bit of the depth of that connection to help you choose rather than feel obligated to do something because then you're doing for that authority. And mm-hmm. I want women to bring that power back and make that choice for themselves. Yes, that is that is so powerful to take your power back when it comes to what you eat and choose. And, you know, yeah. I, for one, I don't eat much sugar. I, the only sugar I really have, I do put sugar in my coffee in the morning, half a pack of raw sugar, and that's it. Mm-hmm. But that's my choice. And like you, if I yeah. see a sweet or if it's a celebration, I'll have a few bites. And if I'm out with a friend and, but it's inter- interesting though, because I found myself when I'm out with a friend and they want dessert, I'm like, mm, I'm not really tempted because I get to eat. I choose yeah. what I eat and I choose healthy foods and nourishing foods. And it's just a whole different perspective. Nothing's being done to me. I'm making the choice and I get to choose. And that's just, that is a place of power, yeah. I think. So I think having the tools and the support yeah. and the skills to, to be able to do it in a way that is going to support you rather than make you feel like you're beating yourself up. That makes all the difference. Yes. And I know one of the big problems that I see that a lot of women struggle is sometimes when they start something like this, that their family members are not on board or they have teenagers in the house. So they have a lot of those quotation stamped treats around. Right. Uh, And I think that the real power knowing you chose for yourself is not when it's not available. I think it's when you're in the presence of it. It's almost like meditation. If you meditate in peace and quiet versus meditating in a busy, loud room, it's a different experience, right? They're both beautiful, but it's a different experience. And, you know, Halloween approaching the time of this recording and stuff. And I know that's a time, right? That for some people, it's difficult. They buy candy for the, you know, their children to give away and they end up eating half of it. But those are the opportunities, right? Because if you're still tempted when it's near you or family members are not, you know, part of it, that is an opportunity to say, okay, there's something else going on. There's some other emotional little knot that we need to untangle to get to the root of it. Because it's not just avoidance, right? But it's choosing even in the presence of that I think is really the most powerful (laughs) experience of what we're talking about. Right. Now, are, are there any tricks you can share with us to, to help set us up for success? Say if we are going to a party or a dinner party or a gathering. And, and I ask you this because we actually had a, a joint birthday party uh, this past weekend and for my son and my stepdaughter. And I, at the end of the day, I did not eat any sweets except for one thing that I had prepared that was a healthy sugar-free dessert. And I didn't really feel like I ate that much, but at the end of the day, I felt so full and I thought, well, I must've like picked up some little bit here and a little bit there and it just kind of added up. But I guess I'm trying to ask is like mindless eating. I think that's what I found myself doing on Sunday is, you know, talking to, you know, talking to somebody, Hey, I'm going to grab a couple of chips. Hey, I'm going to grab this. Hey, I'm going to, you know, have a few pieces of celery or whatever it was. It just added up to be more than what I normally eat. And I felt the effects of it, 
not as much as if I had gorged myself on sugar, but still, I think it was, it was eating, being surrounded by other people, being distracted. What would be some suggestions that, that you might have, especially as we go into the fall, you know, Canadian Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, Christmas, all that, all the (laughs) celebrations. So I'll say when it comes, so the two major go-to strategies that I usually talk about. So if you're able to bring, like you said, like you make a sugar-free dessert. I'm also entering a train of birthdays in our family, like mine and my husband, my mom, it's all back to back. And my strategy is that I make all the sugar-free desserts to take, right? And sometimes if there's more people, they would still buy a regular cake or something like that, but then I will eat the one I brought, that I brought and I make it taste good so other people can enjoy too. So it's not like this, oh, this is my little cupcake and you get the regular one or something like that. Uh, but in scenarios that you may not be able to bring it or like what you, what you just said, that even though you actively make good choices you stew over age, right? Uh, my rule of thumb is that as much as possible, I never go to an event that I don't have control over what's being served, meaning I'm not the cook, right? Because even if it's healthy looking, you never know, like sometimes process things and stuff that can still upset some people's uh, digestive systems. I never go hungry to events and that is my rule of thumb. And I have either depending on the time, if you cannot have a full meal before going and stuff, I have a decent snack, you know, that's low carb, higher fat, good protein that will keep me. Because if you're not super hungry, even if you're distracted around people, you know, you're just not capable of overeating to the same way that some people sometimes do, and especially holidays, right? And the other thing that I also do, and, you know, one of the things people don't think about, there's a hormone called oxytocin. And it's the hormone of love and, you know, when you have a little baby and the mom and the whole bonding, touching the skin, like it releases that hormone. That's the love hormone, call it that. And oxytocin has been proven to eight and weight loss. And one of the ways that you release it is to gathering and loving the people and laughter and just being in that presence, right? So one of the things that I love to do is really connect with the gratefulness from being around people you love, you know, pump up your oxytocin in your body consciously, you know, and just be present with them, right? And if possible, sometimes mindfulness is something like a practice, right? But if possible, you know, chew your food well, make sure you take breaks, put the fork down if you're chatting as opposed to just like, you know, some people just like golf it down. See if you can slow down the process, but don't come starving to an event because then your chances of being able to manage your food intake and your choices increases dramatically, right? If you're hungry and stressed out and running late or stuff, that's when stuff hits the fan. So those would be the, some tips that I would share. Oh, those are great tips. Actually, the the pre-eating, the eating before you go somewhere, I do that a lot. And my husband will look at me like, what are you doing? Like, when, <laughs> like I need to eat what what works for me. And yes. I, you know, I don't eat gluten, I don't eat much sugar. And just I want to make sure that I'm I don't show up ravenous and then all they have is some something that's gonna make me not feel very good. So exactly. Yes. That is that is an act of self-love, actually. I know like I was raised in a family that I have to be very polite and there's a lot of etiquette rules, like very rigid, actually. And for you to go to someone's home and not eat everything they're served is, oh my gosh. And I remember seeing my grandparents, they were vegetarians for 28 years and they went to somebody's home and they served this mashed potato dish with uh, ground red meat, like ground beef on top. 
And then they, my grandma just couldn't allow herself to tell them we're vegetarian. So oh. they scraped the potato without touching the meat, but the juice of the meat, right? Kind of touched the potato and they had like, they got hives all over their body. They had a horrible reaction because almost 30 years, the body could not process it, right? It was just like a very bizarre like reaction. And, mm-hmm. and I, I looked at that and it's like, Yes, you know, there's rules and stuff, but you can still have a lot of kindness as you tell someone, you know, just have some, you know, eating styles that work for me. So don't make a big fuss about it. You know, it's just like, you know, giving them the courtesy if you feel it's needed. If not, you know, just poke around other foods. But I think it's a part of loving self. And the more you do that, you're equatingly giving it to other people. You're not depriving them because you're not eating something <laughs> they're serving. Right. So I just wanted to add that point in there. Yeah. I agree. And I think, I think in this day and age, so many people have so many dietary restrictions. Yes. It is not a big deal. In fact, it's almost weird if you show up and everybody can eat the same thing. Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. Yes. So I know you've got a great program where you help women release weight. Do you want to tell us about that real quick? Yes. Thank you so much. So the program is what I call the weight release shift. And the whole concept of shifting from not adding more to a plate, because majority of the women that I work with, they're very busy already, is shifting some habits, shifting perspectives, and shifting some of the things we eat into things that are more, you know, conducive of what our body needs over 40. So I basically tell women hormonally and from a food standpoint, what is changing in your body and how can we work with that rather than against it? And the other big component of it, the other half of the program, which I think is really the point of difference. And it's part of the method that I teach, which is the weight release method is the understanding of the emotional tool of the journey, but also how to work with your emotions and in a way, harness the power of your subconscious mind, which is truly the root cause of a lot of the physical, you know, weight is a consequence. It's not the issue, right? So if we approach it as the problem, we're probably going to be in this, you know, cycle of repeating ourselves. Whereas if we learn the emotional root cause of it and how to work with yourself rather than against yourself, we're able to make such strides. And that's really what I dedicate my life and my work to showing women how to connect emotions, hormones, and food in a way that works for their body after they turn 40 and beyond. Yeah, that's powerful. Work to work with your body instead of against it. (laughs) It just, it sounds so simple, but I think in so many ways we do work against our bodies and I think we just make it way too hard for ourselves. Absolutely. So now how can, how can people find out more about your program? Yes. So I have two things. So one thing is like a free gift. If somebody's interested, I go into this in more detail with visuals. So you can see what happens to the hormones and stuff. And they act, they can access that free training by going to naturallyjoyous.ca slash free training. And if they feel that they want to have a conversation, I make that as an offer as well. So that either myself or my team and we talk and ask questions, understand what you're looking for, what if try to see even if the methodology we teach is the right fit, they can find us and go to browse our calendars at naturallyjoyous.ca slash call. And those are the two best places to get more information. Great. And I'll be sure and put those links in the show notes. 
Thank you. So definitely reach out to Juliana and let her know how she can support you because this sounds like powerful work. I'm a a huge believer in whatever you do, whether it's style or weight or anything that you do, it starts with your mindset. Yeah. And I think when you can start with that and really address it from the inside out, that's where you see the results. Because unless you do the internal work, it does not matter. Yes. <laughs> the external work is little, the external world is a consequence of our inner world, right? So if you want to mm-hmm. change the outside, we truly got to work on the inside. I'm a hundred percent a believer <laughs> on that philosophy. Yes. For sure. Well, Juliana, thank you so much for sharing your great tips, your points of view, and all your great information today. It was such a pleasure to talk with you. Oh, thank you so much, Michelle, for the opportunity. I really treasure our time together and very grateful for the opportunity. Oh, thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Style by Mary Michelle, where women come to get dressed in seven minutes or less. If you enjoyed this podcast, I invite you to leave me a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you're listening. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at Style by Mary Michelle and shop our boutique at shopstylefinder.com for the best in upscale casual apparel. Better yet, if you're in the Raleigh area, come see us. We're located in the North Hills Shopping Center, the premier shopping district in Midtown Raleigh. For details and links mentioned in this episode, be sure to see the show notes. Have a beautiful week.